obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. And welcome to episode 284 of Sports on the Hill podcast. I am Robbie. I'm joined by Champ, who just uh, resubscribed. I really appreciate that. He's on a 10-month streak, so thank you for all the support, Champ, for that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm also joined by Dujane from The Breakdown as well. So Dujane Bland, uh, Champ, and myself will be talking football. We'll get into that in just a second. I want to give like a little overview of all the different things uh, going on with tonight's podcast. Um, hopefully we sound okay. I'll let Andy let us know in chat. Welcome Chase as well to chat on the Twitch side. We're also live on Facebook in addition to that. So welcome to everybody on uh, Facebook as well. And um, we'll be taking questions over there and I'll be sharing that one shortly. Um so yeah, it's uh, been an interesting up and down week for me. I got COVID, so I'm actually streaming from my parents' house. They are out of town. They're letting me use their house to keep away from my family. So hopefully they don't get uh, the COVID. And uh, so I've had to reconfigure OBS. So if things look a little differently on Twitch, um, that is uh, the reason why. We are getting very close to my Twitch goal of the month, which is to hit 420 followers. We're only two away. So I hit that follow button if you're not already following. Um, so that is some of the information. I am feeling much better, which is good. Uh, in a couple of days, I'm hoping uh, to go home um, and help Liz out. Her mom, unfortunately, got COVID too. So she's actually here. Um, my parents are affectionately calling it the infirmary ward. Um, so which is okay, their house. Um, but it's nice to actually have another person in the house. It was very lonely to be by yourself uh, in a house. Uh, so I appreciate that. Uh, so tonight's show, start, uh, we'll do a shorter abbreviated football segment, uh, maybe 30, 40 minutes. You know, it's a lot of the same that we've seen the last couple of weeks, uh, but we'll get Dujane and Champ's thoughts on that. And then I'll keep Champ on. We'll talk a teeny little bit about baseball, a little bit about the hockey preseason, a little basketball preseason as well. We'll run through it. 
and then uh, people aren't already noticing we're starting at an earlier time um, at eight so that way we could do an art show at nine that will be live on twitch uh, so if you're on facebook just click that little twitch uh, link that's in the description uh, we're going to be designing some merch for a good friend of mine the lg music uh, he does taco themed uh, he's a musician but all of his themed stuff emotes and things like that are all taco themed so we're going to design some taco merch for him uh, which should be kind of fun a little bit different than the emotes i've designed the last couple of weeks it'll be the last of our art streams uh, and then next week um, starting at nine o'clock we'll uh, from nine to nine forty-five, we'll have a hockey preview show we'll move our football segment to nine forty-five. it's not quite 10 so it's a little bit earlier for dejeuner uh, but not you know quite as early as it has been uh, I think so Robbie just took a side shot as your grandpa. Okay, never mind. <laughs> no, no, no. I want. I appreciate Dijonay's time, uh, and so um, I will uh, do that at nine forty-five, and then at ten thirty, we'll have our NBA roundtable return, uh, and we'll talk a little bit of Wizards um, uh, with that roundtable as well. Maybe we'll preview it next week, and then uh, the following week, we're taking a week off. I'm going to the Gorillas concert with my son. Uh, and then we'll come back, and that'll be a supersized show. We'll go over two weeks of football, uh, two weeks of the first two weeks of hockey, and the first week of basketball. Uh, so that'll be a very big show coming back from that. And then right after that is Halloween, which is crazy. Halloween's on a Monday. We're going to be starting a little bit later. I don't want to start too late because poor Anna, um, you know, I don't want to keep her too late as well. So may start at 9.30, may start at 10. If Anna's joining us, we'll start at 9.30. If not, I'll start at 10. And that one we'll do at a super speedy round, maybe goes a little late, uh, Halloween special, where we'll go through the same sports in the same order, hockey, football, then basketball. So an exciting month of October ahead of us. Um, let's get into tonight's show. Uh, Dujanae, how are you doing tonight? And I'm doing great. Uh, you know, outside of this football team that we're covering, um, Everything's great. Drag racing is great. Uh, it's a fun season coming to an end. Three races to go. Uh, a lot of cool stuff going on there. Unfortunately, for uh, Washington Commanders fans, things aren't going nearly as well. Yes, sounds good. I am going to quickly just share um, the post with a couple of different uh, people. But Champ, everyone know how you're doing. This team is chalked, so I'm chalked. Oh, my God. Like, But I'm doing good. Wrestling is in a great spot right now. I mean, uh, AEW is doing well. They're actually coming to D.C. this week. They're, they're doing uh, Dynamite on Saturday, on Friday, not Friday, Wednesday, and then they're doing two shows on Friday, AEW Rampage, and then right after that, uh, Battle of the Belts 4. Uh, so it's three AEW shows taking place in D.C. And unfortunately, I can't check them out because I'm broke. <laughs> Man, I wish I could go. I wish I could go. Well, other than that, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Sounds good. All right. Well, I'm going to let Dujanae get the first crack at this um, game. And uh, Dujanae, let, let people know what some of your thoughts are. I know you've, you've sort of given our thoughts the last couple of weeks, and I, I kind of feel like this week has been more of the same. Uh, was that sort of your assessment or did you have any sort of different takeaways? No, nah, this is exactly the same that we've seen over the last three weeks. Um, you know, this defense played well enough the past two games for them to get a win. Um, and the offense is not living up to its end of the bargain. 
really sick and tired of seeing fans uh, going with the, uh, you know, the take from the doom and gloom crew of the Washington, D.C. trash dump media um, with this Carson Wentz stuff. Uh, again, if the guy was 27 and 7 and nobody said his name was Carson Wentz, you'd take him. Um, so miss me with that. How about you find an offensive line that can protect? Uh, this offensive line is about, uh, you know, protects as well as scotch tape on a wet surface. Um, you know, he has no time to, to pass uh, and be able to do things. Uh, secondly, um, Scott Turner is not his daddy's son. Uh, you know, this, this offense seems to be very predict predictable. And it's so predictable that it seems like the opposing team's defense knows exactly what the offense is going to do before they ever even do it. Um, it's tough to watch and have to cover. There's nothing to break down. I'm not giving you any X's and O's. Um, and I'm going to close it with this. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that teams are supposed to be practicing and, and dealing with and understanding in practice. Uh, you had a guy who picked up a blocked field goal or extra point and didn't know he could run it back to the end zone for two points. Um, that's something that should be known and practiced. But Did he you actually know, say later that he didn't know it or just that's based on what we were – feeling at the time I, I never i don't know if they ever asked him that question i don't Did think that? they asked him that but it's quite obvious i mean anytime the guy just kind of you know you, you gotta know people who know know obviously because they make it to the end zone um and then on top of that uh you you look at uh the the confines of um penalty calls you know we've been seeing the same crap from these defenders for the entire season. Um, obviously, uh, the handsy stuff is not handsy. It's pass interference. I mean, there, I mean, there's countless people that are at practice and see this and say, this is going to get called on Sunday, Monday, Thursday. It's going to get called, and it's been getting called. Now, I'm not going to say that the referees were great in this game, but at the same time, this is Jerry's world. And if you're looking around and looking for the refs to save you, then that means that you're not playing good enough to win ball games, and the refs aren't entitled to save you at all. And we all know how it works in Dallas. Don't expect to get any calls. And when you're a loser, because that's what you are, a loser, then you should be expecting to get any calls. You haven't earned the right, okay? Bottom line, um, there's things that they got to fix that they don't fix in practice. And it's quite clear that they bring the same crap. I mean, these guys looking around like, oh, I can't believe you called me offsides. What do you mean? What do you mean? I don't, why do I have to go back so many yards? <laughs> it's yeah. clear. They're looking around like, oh, I don't know why we're doing this. Right. But, it's interesting. Going back to that lateral thing, I, I don't know. I can't believe that they he didn't try to pitch it back or, you know, I do I do think he didn't know the rule. And I think he was just excited to get the block. And, and that's fine, but – I mean, those little points here and there, they add up, you know. Wasn't nobody else doing anything. <laughs> right. And it's just – it's really frustrating because the offense just seems so anemic. We just don't see any gadget plays, anything creative, anything. It just seems like they're running the same vanilla offense every time. Then there's some penalties. They get behind the, the sticks. Then the other team just pins their ears back, and they just, you know, go right after us. And it's well, – You know what's clear fun. here, too, is that – First of all, two tight end sets. 
they worked really great. They had some nice runs off of them. Uh, they had some nice plays off of them. But then Scott goes away and likes, I mean, if you see the amount of times they've thrown the ball less than mainly at the line of scrimmage is it's, it's mind boggling. And there's no creativity at all. Like I said, he's not his daddy's son. Not, not at all. All right. Cause he ain't showing none of what his daddy's ever done in this league at all. It's not creative. Um, it, this, this team is not disciplined on offense. Uh, they clearly don't work on things that obviously are going to draw you flags in, in a normal one o'clock, four o'clock, you know, eight 15 on Monday or, or, or Thursday. And, and it shows up every week. And we, but everybody wants to look at Carson Wentz like, look, man, I, I give it to you in the Philly game. He was holding on to the ball. And, and that, like I said, that report had him shook. But what are you going to ask? What are you going to ask him to do when your offensive line is like a revolving door? Okay. I mean, I, I'd, I'd say player, some other things, but they're, they're, this is a PG show. Right. <laughs> player personnel, or do you think it's a system issue for the offensive line? This is absolutely coaching period it's coaching now i mean i'm not on jack del rio's head this week he they done done they did enough in two weeks that don't mean he's you know don't mean he's off the snide he's just off the snide for now you know right he's got a bigger person on the snide right exactly he's done a good job in two weeks they given him enough to win a ball game they should have won two but your yeah, offense don't they show up. the ball back to the offense and the offense just was doing nothing with it. And it's just frustrating. And it, it's just, you know, especially after they have these long drives and then you just have to even have some time of possession going the other way, just to, you know, you can't just keep exactly. back to, and you know, even on the short fields and I, it's just, they're doing a lot of things, but I want to get champ in here. Champ, what are some of your assessments on, uh, on this game? Right. Um, there were so many opportunities where the defense who after the uh, week two, we like Dujanae said it, I said it like the defense needed to do what they had to do to give the offense a chance. And these last two weeks, including this week with Dallas, even though the score doesn't show it, the defense made did what they had to do. The problem was the offense was not staying on the field long enough for the defense to be rested enough to go out and perform like you can't expect a defense to be able to be effective if they're not well rested if they're just they're they're going out there they're having like one drive dallas had was 15 plays you can't expect the defense to go out on the sideline after 15 plays and then your office turns around and doesn't even hold the ball for five or five minutes and you're sending them right back out in the field, barely getting five minutes of of time to get catch their breath, get themselves together and get organized for, for the next defensive series. That's not how you win this game. Right? So basically you look at the time of possession Dallas that we like Washington controlled the ball for 33 minutes to almost 27 minutes for Dallas. But again, that's not indicative of the fact that, Offensively, this this the the the, the planning is, is is trash. It's trash. It's absolute. It's just I, there's no other cool, calm, and collective way for me to say it. Like, it's funny when they finally scored a touchdown. Guess how? Guess how they got into the end zone? Most of that drive. Guess what they were doing? Running the damn ball. 
Okay. Um, but I, I like the running game, but I just feel like when they do something that works, they keep on doing it until it doesn't work anymore. They don't like, <laughs> you know, I, I understand that old adage, of, you know, if they haven't stopped to keep going, whatever, whatever, but don't like, if it ain't broke, crap. don't fix it. But at the same time, like they still have to be creative with it. They just can't run the exact same play over and over and over again. And eventually it's not going to work anymore. They are going to, the other team's going to make an adjustment. You know, what's or, crazy. You know what's crazy? I didn't mean to cut you off today. No, you good. You know what's crazy? They were actually balanced for once this week. They had they 142 were. rushing yards and 155 passing yards, but they were still ass. Like, they finally went balanced, <laughs> and they couldn't get out of their own way. I just don't understand it as a fan. But you know what also killed me? I spent a lot of time on Twitter on Sunday. I spent a lot of time on Twitter during this game. It was the most I spent on Twitter in, in months, if not years. And I realized something. Watch the commander's Twitter and the fan base that's on Twitter are absolute psychopaths who need to be committed. I'm dead ass. They need to be committed. There's one woman. I literally had to zip her for 24 hours because every tweet she's tagging the commanders talk about wanting a refund for a season tickets. And I'm like, woman, get a grip. Chill out. What are you doing? Like, it's not that deep. It's only four weeks in. It's not that deep. It, oh, I just I had a, I got a headache watching Twitter yesterday and I had even more of a headache watching that game. I even said on Twitter, I said they need to be paying me to watch this game. That ass. <laughs> I need to be paid to watch to watch the commanders. That's yeah, it. It's, it's not feel good. better after a, a rough week. And I actually <laughs> slept 13 hours. I woke up and it was 115 or 130. And I was like, oh no, I missed a whole quarter. I flip it. You missed long. nothing. I missed You missed nothing. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah uh this this is a coaching deal and i'm tired of seeing ron rivera uh you know calm cool collected on the sideline um this is your third year and something has to change and yet nothing has changed it's the same it's more the same and it shouldn't be you know there's plenty of talent on this football team so yes it lies at the top but at some point, you must examine uh, those around you on your staff, and they simply aren't getting it done. I mean, did we not release – did they not release a defensive line coach yet? We still got this guy named Scott Turner calling plays that can't call plays. I mean, I, I, I don't know what else to tell you. We got plenty of history here that shows – I mean – I'm going to leave you with this. So you run the football. Your offensive line is struggling to pass protect. And then you come out with play action. They can't even block in shotgun long enough. But you're going to come out with play action. And then everybody looking around like, oh, my God, I can't believe that didn't work. That's Carson Wentz's fault. I, 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 I'm we telling you. Beating him at the quarterback one play, like the defensive end almost took the handoff because yes. it was like they were telegraphing and stuff. Yes. I'm just like, I, I really, I, I can't anymore with the Washington fan base. I, I don't know what you're taking, smoking. I don't know what's in the water in D.C. But I just can't with this, this fan base anymore. It's absurd. It, and it's really ignorance. I mean, I, you know, Joe Gibbs said this, that this fan base was super smart. Not anymore. They, they, this fan base has retired with the old name. I don't know these people. Okay. Right. I really don't. 
no, nah, there's they are definitely ignorant. A lot of them were calling for the coaches to pull Wentz for a quarterback who was inactive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I saw that one yeah. too. That, yeah. That the was backup is was was freaking. Uh, what's his face? Hurt, 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 put eyeballs on that one. Like, what is like you know one of those like what? Like, Taylor Heineke <laughs> was the backup, but they were calling for the third string rookie who wasn't Sam even Howell. active, Sam Howell, to be put in. And I'm like, you idiots. He's not active. He's not dressed. And, and um, it's funny to me that the, the backup is always the most coveted quarterback in D.C. And yet this is the same guy that y'all wanted to run out of town last year. When we tried to tell you he's a great backup, he's just not a starting quarterback. But now you want him to be the starting quarterback. Right. Please, man. Like I, I champ, like, champ said it best. The, it's not going to solve the offensive line issue. Exactly. That's that's like, leaking like a sieve. Right. They, so, they couldn't. They couldn't block shadows on the field. I mean, they they give up a sack, and it's only the offense on the field. <laughs> that's. Crazy. I mean, it's 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 atrocious. Um, and, and if I have to watch Kendall Fuller one more game get burnt i mean somebody get him a fire blanket because he's on he is a blazing inferno he beyond burnt okay that's how bad he's playing but why don't they give him a shell coverage or something like he's obviously in trail position that's the way they're playing him but there should be somebody coming from the other side that then picks him up right like yeah but we got communication problems we got communication problems on the back end of the defense i mean obviously jackson was not this bad in cincinnati Right, but now right. all of a sudden, this dude—I mean, he couldn't even cover himself out of uh, with a wet paper bag. Like, that's how bad he is. I mean, did y'all <laughs> the CD Lamb play? Ken- Kendall, <laughs> listen, the Nova uh, Hospital out in Prince William County—they're going to rename their burn unit the Kendall War, the Kendall Full of Burn, burn Unit. With how much he's getting cooked? I'm telling you. I keep on seeing situations where they're getting burned, but there's another player behind them and he's just watching him get burned and he's not coming back and helping him at all. Like where is the safety? I don't understand that. So I'm going to go back to the CD lamp. I think that was a CD lamp. Yes. CD lamp touchdown. So how is it that Jackson is darn near 10 yards away from CD? He did an okie doke move. It wasn't even that strong of a, of a, a move at all you know what i mean it, it wasn't that strong of a move but, but yet jackson's like got twinkle toes he's almost like he's doing some kind of ballet move out there and cd is wide open there's no safety the guy under him is just looking like and then jackson jackson looked like he's expecting help because he slows down he doesn't even try to make up that gap at all so what what is going on back there? Like, what what is that? I mean, I, I just I don't understand. There's a safety back on that play. If you go back and watch it, right. he's in the middle of the end zone doing nothing. Nothing. <laughs> he's the safety valve for try that not to get po- Try not to get posterized. You know That's that all- Lamb is one of the best wide receivers in the game. Why are you? Why why are we playing zone anyway? Why why is this team not playing man to man? Like like they don't have to go. You see what St. Juice was doing man to man. Jackson even played better man to man. But we want to play this wide open zone crap. I don't understand it. 
coaches. The defense played well enough in this game at times. The penalties killed them. Man, like they just murdered. extended drives, you know, pass interference plays. I think if you take those hundred penalty yards out of the game, yeah. and if our offense could show up a little bit, you know, it's a different game. Like it's right. just. By the way, it's two of our ints that we had taken away by penalties. You're welcome. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> but you know <laughs> what though? I'm yeah. gonna say this too. Those int, those pass interferences, were the same calls that they called against Washington. All I'm asking, I'm not I'm not saying nothing about whether it helped or didn't help Washington. Referees just need to be consistent. And that's not consistency. That's pretty egregious when we see the same it was the same style, same thing. The the Jackson play, you can call it PI, but it happened to Washington on the other end when you had Terry McLaurin trying to go for the pass and do had him inside the collar. Pulling him forward. The announcers were pointing it out. They were like, oh my God, they just keep on covering him so well. That's all I kept on hearing is like, oh yeah, the the announcers were like, oh yeah, that that might have been a pay out, but that was still a good, that was a good play. Okay. So if it's a good play on one end, it's got to be a good play on the other end because it's consistency. They weren't doing anything different. But again, like I said, they've been doing this since training camp. They do it in practice. These types of things are going to get called. If you don't correct them as a coaching staff, which is that is your job to do, teach, correct, to refine and make sure that you're going to be very well prepared on Sunday, then we're going to keep having these problems and we're going to keep talking about this another week. Right. Well, speaking about another week, that's a good segue because I don't I don't know if there's much more we can break down about this because nah. it's a lot of we. I mean, you can go back to the last two weeks and find your uh, your X's and O's in those situations. But what do they have to do to do better against Tennessee? Because we just gotta have to have a short <laughs> memory and we have to go play a tough Tennessee team, which is I mean they're only two and two, but we know that in some ways they're better than a two and two team. Uh, you know, this game's at home in Washington. You know, hopefully we'll have somewhat of a home crowd. Hopefully the weather will be okay. Uh, but I'll start off with you, Dijanae. What do they have to do better? Is there any path you see to a victory in this game? Uh, I'm going to say no. But if you want me to tell you what needs to be done here, first of all, you can start by scoring points. <laughs> it's that easy, right? You score points because at the end of the day, the defense did enough to win ball games. And a lot of these extra touchdowns come from your defense being on the field too long. I mean, we've seen what happens when you score points and you answer on a team. The defense just gets more hungry and more hungry and more hungry. Penalties have to stop. That's on offense and defense, but especially offense, because you know what? When they do like three or four positive things, they do one negative thing that sets them back into a first and 15, and it's over. The drive's done, okay? They're baked after that. They have to stop getting offensive penalties. This offensive line has to protect better, but in order for this offensive line to protect better, its offensive coordinator needs to help them and put them in position to be successful. We all know that they're struggling with pass protection on seven-step drops and beyond. Let's help them by not doing these things and getting the ball out quicker. 
And I'm not talking about throwing sideline to sideline down the, down the line of scrimmage. I'm talking about getting the ball out quicker, quick slants, some uh, inside quick post hook routes, things like that that gets this thing going. Drag routes, things that gets this thing going, puts guys like Samuels in position to make plays with their feet, which he has done and they have done all season long. Cut it with the play action. It ain't going to work right now. They can't protect. Right. I, I don't just understand. Like for me, having some screen plays in there or having the running back fake, you know, even if you were to have the running back fake go through the line and pick it up on the other side of it because they're they're rushing through, you know, like well, think about the screen tough. plays they did try. They got yeah. murdered. They didn't, it was no screen to be had because they couldn't even find the, the running back because the defenders were in his grill. He had no place. And these people talk about, oh, he's got he's to know to throw it to the line of scrimmage. He can't just get intentional grounding calls. Okay, when you got half the defense on your behind, uh, you try throwing that ball and get it to the line of scrimmage. Couch potato quarterback. Yeah, I get an awful lot of even from my friends are mentioning is Wentz really bad or is it just me? And I'm like, it's not about him, it's about the whole team. Exactly. The whole product is trash. And he can't operate and do the things he does well when he can't have the time to do so. And they just gotta give him time. Three weeks in a row, they just started off so slow. And it's just like that's the thing that's gotta change. If we want to be you know, Tennessee has got a really good running game, uh, which really I think is going to cause us a lot of trouble um, next week. Um, and it's more I, than just Derrick Henry, too. I mean, they got a three-headed – they got a two – at least a two-headed monster over there. Right. It's – for me, it's just frustrating because it's like – I don't know. I – you know, I'm sort of waiting for Chase Young to come back, but I don't – you know, I don't know – yeah, he's scheduled. He could come back, I believe, next week. But Allegedly, I, I him and Brian Robinson, I, I I have not heard anything, so don't take this as a word. Allegedly, he is supposed to be back, and so is Brian Robinson is supposed to be back. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not reporting anything. Actually, actually, Coach Rivera came out today and said that Brian Robinson has been medically cleared by the team. Mm-hmm. it would be a nice change that's for sure he is a true running back right and what about chase young has he has he said anything about his i haven't seen anything coming. i haven't seen yet. anything I like, about chase i feel like waiver or my wires would go crazy if chase young becomes active so yeah. like, i feel like we would i would have heard it if it had happened but, but you know. my feelings on that is if he's going to continue to uh bruce washington uh washington bruce smith it up the field he ain't really no factor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Last just saying. Year, the defense was doing better without him. So it's not like, you know, he's not the reason that we're losing. We're losing, nope. and we're losing is our offense isn't putting any points on the board. So yeah. and that, and he's not going to help neutral. Like, like just um, broke the whole dry shaft and everything. Just cars just running and ain't even moving. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, let um, – do you have you watched any of the Japanese preseason basketball games? I know sometimes you do watch the NBA, or have you seen anything about that? I haven't seen anything uh, at all. Um, I've been catching little clips of different basketball things here and there, but nothing, nothing as of yet. I've been too tied into 
to the NHRA and trying to close this Give season. Give people a quick update on the NHRA, and then uh, we'll uh, let you get out of here a little early. And uh, uh, Champ and I can uh, we'll talk a little basketball, hockey, and uh, baseball uh, in the tail end of uh, this segment. But uh, let people know both in NHRA and also what you're up to on uh, either your podcast or your writings. Well, it's pretty pretty cool season ending up here. Um, like most. Uh, your NASCAR uh, NHRA has a countdown uh, that is now with three races left to go. Um, and it's working out the way that uh, they dreamed it to be. I mean, your top seven in top fuel, which is your long cars, your dragsters uh, are within a hundred points of each other. <laughs> like it, it's amazing um, from seven to one separated by under a hundred points. Uh, so it's anybody's race, uh, anybody's race to get the championship here. Uh, the defending champion won the previous race in St. Louis. Uh, you had um, Robert Height, the funny car driver, AAA uh, win in t- uh, funny car. Erica Enders is still in pro stock, still running the gambit, uh, looking like she's going to uh, secure that championship. And uh, Matt Smith in pro stock motorcycle also wins as well so it, it's a really really tight and funny car and, and top fuel um it, it it is decently tight <laughs> in the other two classes in pro stock and pro stock motorcycle but it has been uh, last race was was electric and i only expected uh to get better um we're gonna have a podcast this week we're gonna talk a little bit uh, about the washington commanders here on the breakdown uh we're also going to talk about this tua situation uh and that oh, yeah, if anybody saw uh, that before we yeah i'd like to actually break that down with you and champ because i was definitely going to um one second let me just i i saw there was comments they weren't refreshing before so let me get to a couple of quick comments but then i want to get to that two situation because i'd like you and champ to because that's to me that's such a big story um i, I want to thank eric for uh, tuning in he says heineke is fine he thinks he's still better than Wentz. he might not be la but he's no emotional punk you know i, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said Fuller is old. I bet that he's playing hurt. Needs to be replaced or do something with him. O line uh, tries, but the cupboard is bare on third string already. Um, CP3 wish us a good show. Uh, thanks CP3. And uh, uh, Rivera doesn't care about winning as a priority. Just uh, whatever, uh, just whatever, and hoping to get this lucky. Poor passes made by Dallas's DB uh, look better than the, uh, they were. Uh, there, uh, there won't be a home crowd until there's a next win. Interesting. So I just don't know how many Tennessee fans were going to travel, but who knows? You might be right. surprised. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that was, yeah. Right, real, well, well, real quick, Robbie, before we get into the Tua thing, I did want to get my thoughts on the Tennessee game because I didn't get a chance yeah, yeah. to do that. Um, yeah, go for it. Just really quickly, you got to stop Derrick Henry. You got to stop Derrick Henry. You make them one-dimensional, you can beat them because – Tennessee's passing offense is not good. And with the way that this passing defense is struggling, this is a way to get their confidence up by going up against Tannehill, who is struggling right now, a quarterback. So you put a stop to, uh, to Derrick Henry, which I'm kind of on a, I'm kind of in a bad spot because I have Derrick Henry on my fantasy team. <laughs> so I'm kind of screwed if they do that. But you got to stop Derrick Henry. And you got to make them throw the ball because then you can really – get him because Tannehill is not doing very well right about now. He's not. He's just, he's, he's playing so poorly right now. You're going to get right on this defense. 
and that's what I'm afraid of, too, DJ. That's what I'm so afraid of is that he's been struggling the first four games of the season. He's going to go up against his secondary, have 300 some yards and four touchdowns. And I would say, you, you know, like, how you know go. what? Why Derek, always on the wrong side of history lately? And then Derrick Henry going to have 100 some yards and two touchdowns. I'll be happy that he did well for my fantasy team, but salty <laughs> that he beat my team. <laughs> Uh, all right let's talk about Tua. this situation sucks yeah i agree i um so for those who don't know Tua got hurt in a game and then basically a lot of there's a lot of confusion about who decides whether players get to go in or not now the league came to this decision a couple of years ago that they didn't trust team doctors to make the correct decision for a player's safety so then they went with the idea that they'd have independent people investigate concussions and injuries and do an analysis. And that way it's not up to the team. So it's not like, is it for the team's benefit or not? Right. So the, an independent investigator cleared him, which is questionable at best. We're, you know, we'll get back into that part of it. Um, and then he plays four days later, which I'm of the belief if you've ever got a concussion, you shouldn't be able to play for at least a week. I don't, I don't care what the metrics are, whatever. You right. should have to sit a week. We I mean, think about in other sports, you have to like sit out a certain amount of time, whatever. In hockey, you have to do the same thing, you know, and it's just, I don't see how they possibly could know enough in a short period of time to clear him. Regardless, they did. He played again, got hurt again, this time arguably worse or looked worse, at least on TV. Um, then uh, everyone's up in arms over the Dolphins. It's their fault, even though it's not their fault, because it's the league's fault. And the league is in this interesting situation, right? Because they wanted must-see TV for Thursday night football. So, of course, they're going to do it. And then they go ahead and fire this independent investigator when all of this comes out, which to me smells like a scapegoat. You know, the league wanted one thing, probably told the doctor to say something. Then they, when they questioned the doctor, the doctor got all uppity in part of the investigation. We don't know exactly what they said, but all they did is they said that they fought back during the investigation and they decided to fire him, right? So all that tells me is like, maybe he was like, but you guys told me to say that. And they were like, well, that's, that's not good enough, you know? And we don't really know what goes on in these meetings behind the scenes. And even though it isn't done by the team, it's still not in the player's best interest, right? So right. that's at least the basics as I understand it. But Dujene, fill us in on the rest of your thoughts on it. So the NFL and NFLPA sent us a joint statement on October 1st um, stating that this is an ongoing investigation um, that, you know, that they feel or possibly that there were some protocols violated. Um, obviously, um, you know, then they want to throw in this, uh, this new term of gross motor instability. As you noticed this week, when folks got concussions, they didn't come back. Uh, most of them did not come back. Uh, look, I, I, you know, Robbie, you, you kind of laid it out there and I feel like you laid it out there quite well. Uh, I, I feel like this is another instance and the NFL getting caught in its own muck of, you know, things they like to do behind closed doors to make themselves seem like they, they do and, and care about players and not, it's not about the money over the player. 
um, when it's clearly it is. Uh, if anybody saw that Miami game that he was in, when he he was pushed and when he fell back, like if you get pushed and you fall back, he fell back hard and his head snapped back and hit the hit the ground. When he got up, he took like two steps and darn near face planted and gets up and has to be held up by his offensive lineman. So right there, I have no clue how he makes it back in this game in the second half. He should be done for the game, period. But you bring him back. Fine. (laughs) Okay. So he goes out here Thursday, and everybody says he was was pal-drived or basically like German suplexed on his head. His head didn't even touch the ground. Nowhere near as hard as it touched the ground that on that Sunday. His body hit the ground really hard, and his body jolted. And it seems like right when his body jolted, his fingers are all twisted. When I saw that, I'm no doctor, but that was clearly a brain injury. And that is scary because that's someone's life. They ain't even talking about their career. This is someone's life. Like this could have long-term effects as much as we want to sit here and tout about CTE and the NFL getting sort of on the bandwagon, paying certain people and not other people. Um, and then we go and we're doing this. And now all of a sudden we're firing a guy. Look, man, somebody told him to put him in there. It ain't just the independent guy's fault. It's somebody else's involved. That's their fault as well, because I'm going to tell you, all it's just all of a sudden, it's just the Miami guy who just makes a piss poor decision and says, hey, man, we go back in here. Like you said, we got a big Thursday night game primetime on Amazon Prime. It's very clear, but now the NFL wants to talk about investigations. I trust your investigation just as much as I entrust that investigation that you guys so-called did with the Washington football team. I don't want to hear that crap. NFL is a bunch of liars. They hide behind the shield all the time. And to be quite honest with you, I start to feel like the NFL PA is part of it because they ain't in a, and they talk like they're in the business of protecting players. The players better protect themselves. I feel like it's shuffling cards, right? They have so many players, right? And so many different doctors and, and teams and all these different things. And it's smoke and mirrors, right? right. They just keep shuffling. Shuffling right. who's to blame. Don't look at it. Don't see what the big picture is. Because it's all going to go away. Look how long. You, you just see how long this investigation is going to take. And we're going to find nothing. They're going to send. They're going to give us a statement that I'm going to post when it comes out that's going to say nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like they always do. This has been a problem for a decade. I don't want people to think that this is a new issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, again, you're a business, right? You're the NFL. You have players that you need to protect. J.J. Watt goes in the AFib. I don't give a crap if his Dr. Cleed had cleared him to play or not. This guy could potentially have it again and die on your football field. He doesn't play this week. And that comes down from the league headquarters. Let them do something else. I would find their butts off. But see this? I'm saying about that. NFL don't care about that. They get paid. <laughs> Why? They get, Why would they, they care? Get, 
Big name on Thursday night, so that way Twitch and you know Amazon Prime can have their star. But I want to get uh, Ken's thoughts real quickly. What are your thoughts, Jam? Okay. When I saw the replay of this, because I didn't watch this live, but I saw the replay of this. When that man got up, he literally got up like this. Man was, man was stumbling, shaking his head, trying to shake the cobwebs out, being held up by his teammates. And I'm like, oh, he knocked Loopy. He not looping. Then I heard he got back in the game. I said, something not right about that. When I saw the fingers thing on Thursday night, because I watched that live, yeah. I thought he broke his fingers. I'm like, ooh, that's not good. But then when I read, went back and read about it, it was like, no, that he didn't break his fingers. That was a, a sign of brain trauma. And I'm like, yeah, Miami done fucked up, done messed up. But here's the problem. Here's my problem with this whole thing. Miami is not... They're, they're, they're familiar with controversy. They seem to do a lot of crap controversially that they should not be doing. Like that, that allegation that Brian Flores made, they said that they would pay him to tank the season for tour. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? Yeah, I do. Petrus Farm does. <laughs> right? And then they've had a bunch of controversies over the last several years. So this does not even surprise me that this is going on because that's our, that organization seems shady as sugar, honey, iced tea. And I'm being absolutely serious. Like, come on. Like, this is, and this is a new one. And now, see, a lot of the previous controversies didn't have to do with a player and their health. Now you're dealing with a player's health now. Now something's got to be done. Something's got to be done now with this organization because they're, they're crooks. They are some they are some crooked individuals that work in that front office. I swear and to God. Champ and I talked offline that I really think if they had just planned for their backup quarterback from the start, played it safe, you know, let Tua sit out, they could have won that game. That game was close enough. And isn't, isn't that the funny the, part? It's yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, right? I know. <laughs> I mean, I what are we Eddie Bridgewater, when he was thrown in at the end of the game, made some mistakes. But I think if you had game planned for him and brought him in from the beginning, you could have done He would have won that game. Teddy Bridgewater is not prepared to come in. Okay? Just like any other backup that uh, this freak injury, they don't get the same amount of reps for for a team, uh, you know, to prepare for a game, especially on Thursday night. But if he was the starter, I mean, again, you have Teddy Bridgewater as your backup. I mean, who who else who else is pulling a guy of the caliber of a Teddy Bridgewater? Not too many teams, okay. And no, Dallas. I don't want to hear about Cooper Rush. <laughs> he he does not qualify. A smart coach, knowing that his quarterback was injured, even if questionable, a smarter coach gives splits up the reps between the number one and the number two. Here in practice, especially on a short week. A smart coach does that. This coach was not smart. He gave all the reps to a starter who was had a suspected concussion that they cleared. Some of these decisions have been made as if we are in week 15. It's week. We go on. We looking at week four. I mean, I it's, there, it's there crazy was. to me. And they were undefeated going into this, right? Yes. So, like, you got to plan for the long haul, right? You right. want to for the rest of the season. So, why not plan to play Bridgewater for this game on a short week 
you know, he's well rested. He didn't play in four days rest. And, you know, and two had gotten a lot of reps, you know, the week before and right. in, you know, in a tough situation. So it's just, for me, it makes no sense. The league is to look, blame. The Dolphins have to blame, but like, it's just kind of, it's kind of shocking. To me. I'm blaming the NFL. I'm with you on it. The the NFL and, and I'm, and I'm really starting to feel like the NFL PA does not do what they say they they are about doing okay well, they always do after the fact right they always yes. come out and condemn it after the fact or like yes. where were we before the to stop <laughs> it from playing exactly because this is not the first time we've seen some shady nonsense with somebody's health uh involved in, in in some type of playing in a game they had no business playing in. you get what i'm saying like i mean yeah, come they're on. always like after the fact we told you so like you didn't say shit you exactly didn't say shit. <laughs> Exactly. And we ain't going to, when they, when they release a statement and it, it late, it's going to be way later because all the smoke's going to die down. We're all going to forget about it. It ain't going to say nothing. Right. More shuffling the cards, more yep. sleight of hand, all that bullshit. You know, like they might get a little slap on the wrist and they might find them a little bit of money, but it ain't going to be nothing that's going, you know, it, it ain't going to hurt them. I mean, it's literally a slap on the wrist. The doctor that was the scapegoat, I don't think they ever even released his name. So it's like, no. we don't even know if any of it's true. Right. <laughs> it's all just smoking mirrors. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah. yeah, your take right. was well, spot you, on, Robbie. Yeah, get, give your final thoughts on uh, what's on your podcast this week, and then we'll let you go. I said I'd let you go 20 minutes ago. But that was yeah, no, comment. no, it's cool. Um, yeah, we're going to talk some commanders. We'll talk a little bit about this tour situation. And uh, we may talk a little bit about the Wizards. Uh, uh, you know, Creed has been covering this thing uh since training camp and uh we'll have some info hopefully we'll have some info on that uh coming up on this particular podcast and always you can follow me at not bland 21 uh love talking shot with you guys and as always robbie it's always a blast being on with you guys yes i love it as well thank you dujane i appreciate you as always and uh we'll talk next week hopefully we'll break this <laughs> losing streak and somehow found a way to stifle henry sorry to your fantasy can but you know let's you know we need this so, you know there yeah i think we all need it from the media to the fan base we need it because uh it makes to, it very gonna, difficult yeah it's hard to cover the team week in and week out if they're going to be on a losing streak for the rest of the season so yeah, yeah definitely right, have a great night. <laughs> you too guys night brother all right all right ken let's just quickly go over some scores um we're going to do uh baseball first just because the season is ending uh the nationals uh had a rough week um as they always seem to um they lost uh two of three to atlanta uh, they won their last one to sort of salvage that series so it wasn't a sweep and sorry on friday the 30th uh, they played a series against philly philly needed these games badly they're fighting for that wild card spot they lost the first game 5-1 uh, then they um, they actually won a game thirteen to four. And then they lost the next two games, uh, one eight to two and one eight to one. There's a game against the Mets tonight that's been postponed due to rain. Uh, and then they've got a couple more games coming up against the Mets. Uh, two on Tuesday, uh, two on Tuesday, I believe it's tonight's postponed game, and that's at four ten. There's a seven forty game, and then there's a four uh, ten one on Wednesday. Who knows if any more of those will get postponed but the season is over for the nationals so i'm not going to talk too much more about them probably won't even mention them next week but uh <laughs> it's been it's been a rough one 104 losses already for the nationals against 55 wins uh so that's 
uh, tough for sure. Real quickly on the uh, capital side of things, um, last week uh, we talked about it. Uh, they uh, played um, Buffalo um, and, and they had lost that game. Last week they played, uh, so then that was what the game we talked about last week, sorry. And then they played at Philadelphia on Wednesday, September 28th. They won that game uh, three to one with goals by Connor Brown, Dylan Strom, uh, and Dylan Strom, I'm sorry, had two goals, one on the power play and one uh, even strength. Um, the even strength one was important because uh, Philly had come back in the third to make it two to one. And they were able to make that a three one uh, win. Um, and Lin, uh, Lindgren, uh, our backup goalie, uh, got the win for that. And then the next game was at Detroit. Uh, Carlson got his first goal of the preseason in the second period. Lars Eller uh, scored an empty netter to make it two nothing. Uh, that game uh, was important because that was Ovechkin's first uh, preseason game. Carlson got an assist on that goal. So he got two points uh, in that game. And um, uh, it was split time between uh, Kettner and, and Lindgren in that one. Uh, and then uh, there was a loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, it was a 1-1 game going into the third with Alexei Protus getting the one goal for the Capitals. Fortunately, 646 into the third, uh, the Blue Jackets uh, won that game. Um, and uh, I'm trying to remember who was in goal. I was Lindgren again. So they're trying to give him, um, the backup goalie, some good reps, mostly because our starting goalie was actually a Stanley Cup winner. So he's probably tired on an emotional hangover after hoisting the couple, you know, around. Um, and uh, we also know what you got out of him. I mean, he won a Stanley Cup last year. I, I think we're trying to figure out of all of our couple backup options, who's going to be our backup in that situation. So Capitals are looking pretty good. Uh, next week, starting at nine o'clock, uh, we'll have our Capitals uh, season preview show. I'm hoping to have uh, both members of the PowerPoint Point podcast join us, both Gil, the blue, blue liner on point, uh, and Anna Knox will be back as well. And then uh, we'll be starting our football talk a little later at 945 uh, next week. And then the last part, and the reason I've got... Well, real uh, quick, Robbie, real quick, Robbie, about the Nationals. Only positive thing about the Nationals this past weekend was when they won 13-4 to over the Phillies. That mm -hmm. next day, I got me a nice medium-sized Papa John's pizza pizza for half price. So that's that awesome. was a W. That was a W. But that this has a, been a that's that's this has been an abysmal season for the Nationals. I mean, absolutely abysmal. They got to figure it out next year. You can't go from World Series champions in 2019 to three years later, you're at the bottom of the heap in the NL East. That just can't happen. They have to figure it out, and they have to figure it out now. Yeah, they were. Um, yeah, it's very frustrating. I don't even know how to say it in any other way other than like they sold all the players I cared about and they expect us to still be fans. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of trash ownership at this point. Like they're just trying to make it a interesting team for other people to come out and buy. I hope Ted Leonsis does buy it and, and, and fluxes, you know, some talent back into this team. But it just sucks that they did all this work to build a team and then they just completely dismantle it. And it just doesn't look anything like that team four years later. Right. So um, let's talk a little basketball real quick. Uh, two games against the Golden State Warriors in 
um, uh, Japan. Uh, the first game, uh, it was a, a tight start, uh, 16 to 12 in the first quarter with the Warriors up, tied in the second quarter, 25 all. Uh, Warriors extended the lead in both the third and the fourth quarter, and they ended up winning 96 to 87. Uh, I will say that Rui Hachimura, in front of a hometown crowd, uh, played well, had nine rebounds and 13 points, uh, and it was pretty even scoring. These games are interesting because you have to play your bench, and you're also playing against a really good Warriors team, and uh, so it, it's a, it's a tough uh, tough ask. For them in the second game, actually, they played much better. I know they still got the loss, uh, but the uh, it was a, a very close first quarter. The Warriors outscored them 26 25. Then the Wizards outscored the Warriors 31 to 28 in the second. Then they really outscored them in the third 29 to 20. And then when they had all the reserves in, the Warriors came back and cruised and uh, scored 30 to 10 and ended up winning 104 to 95. But I think that that's why I go a little deeper into the box off or uh, the box uh, score. Uh, because uh, Porzingis had a great game with 18 points. Uh, Rui Hachimura had 10 rebounds, uh, so he played well. As, um, and I think that the team played well. It was just, you know, our scrubs are not as good as, you know, the scrubs for uh, the Warriors. And so I, I think that it's not like we fell apart with our starters in. You know, I think that people need to look past that a little bit and just try to look at some of the bright sides. And I think that uh, they showed improvement over the first game which was good. And uh, it, it was cool. The fans are interesting in Japan. They just seem to just root for anybody to score a basket. Like the same people were cheering in the, in the fans. It's just sort of different than like watching a game in America where you're either rooting for one team or the other. It's like, Hey, it's the basket. Hey, it's the basket. It was just, I, I was amused watching the replay of, of this game. Um, like the, the fans didn't seem to care who won. They just were excited. That anyone scored. Right. Um but uh, any thoughts on uh, the first two Wizards preseason games? Very promising, I will say. Very, very promising, especially that second game where you have five players in double figures, including Rui, who had a double-double in front of his home fans of, in Japan. So that's very, very promising. Chris Stapps-Bolzingas was the leading scorer in the second game. So that's even more promising to know that the big uh, acquisition you made in Chris Stapps is looking like he's going to be paying dividends for you going into the season. Uh, I think that, you know, these first two preseason games aren't much of a barometer of what they could do. They were going up against the defending champions um, and you got more play from your reserves than you did your starters. But I think it's still a very good, you know, a good, slightly good measuring stick to see where, the, where this team is at in terms of personnel. Hopefully over these next few preseason games, as they get ready to go into the regular season. They figure out rotations, figure out who's can work well with who and be able to. Uh, put it all together for the next 82 games and maybe have a much better showing in what's now an even tougher Eastern conference than it has been in years. So uh, that coaching staff definitely got, got to get that figured out sooner rather than later. Otherwise we're going to, we're, we're in for a long season, Rob, if they don't get it figured out. Yeah, for sure. Well, there's no games to preview this week because they're coming back from Japan. So they gave them eight days off, uh, which makes sense. Uh, the next game will be at Charlotte next Monday, and we'll actually be able to talk about that live a little bit. It'll be a 7 o'clock game, so we'll be able to give our uh, post-game analysis of that one uh, after our football talk uh, next week, and we'll be able to preview the last preseason game, which is at New York, and then also take a look at the first week, which we're playing all teams from the Central, the Indiana Pacers at Indiana. Chicago will be at home, uh, and then the last game will be at Cleveland. So we'll preview those four games as well as uh, recap how that 
next preseason game uh, goes against Charlotte. But um, Champ, thanks for uh, letting me run through that quickly with you. Before we let you go, let people know what's on the uh, No Spots podcast this week. All right, so No Spots is going to be on on a special night, a Thursday night, because of the fact we will be live reacting to Extreme Rules on Saturday night. So Thursday night, we are going to be talking about uh, everything that's happening this week with the buildup to that said pay-per-view coming up on Saturday. Uh, we will also preview that pay-per-view as well as preview Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory, which we will also be live reacting to. My, well, Sith will be live reacting to that on Friday night. So we have a busy week with three straight Twitch streams as well as, uh, you know, the podcast as well so make sure you check us out at twitch.tv slash true no spots pod and make sure you check out the audio version of those streams on the podcast partners button at sports thank you so much as always i hope that people do check out the no spots podcast especially if they're big wrestling fans and i always appreciate your insight on all things sports whether it be our, our cte analysis a um washington commanders analysis or we talk about wizards uh next week we'll talk about all those sorts of things hopefully no concussions but um yeah. i appreciate uh your insight as always and uh we'll we'll see you uh next week Arigato. Sayonara. All right, so we're going to bring in the LG music. Uh, how you doing? Hey, hey, Robbie, how's it going? Good, good. I'm going to log in real quickly uh, to another account over here because I like to add an extra um, computer, uh, an extra uh, camera uh, so people can watch uh, what I'm doing on the keyboard because some people were interested in that last time. Uh, but oh, while I'm setting up that additional camera angle, why don't you, for people who don't know uh, who you are, let people know who you are and also what your streams are about. And um, we're also going uh, to, after that, I'm going to end our Facebook Live, but I figured it's going to be kind of a teaser for anybody uh, that is uh, listening on the podcast or watching <laughs> us on Facebook to maybe come over and click that uh, twitch.tv Ravi G button and uh, come on over and join us for this art stream. Yeah, that's right. And also, I just want to recognize that CT and Carly are now realizing it's October 3rd. It's a really <laughs> big holiday in my house because my wife is a huge uh, Mean Girls fan. So, we, oh, yeah. we, we, She's wearing pink today too, but she's out with a dog. Um, so I'm I'm just really glad that there that that somebody caught it. Uh, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm Luis. I'm a uh, on Twitch. I go as the LG Music. I'm a singer songwriter. Uh, I live in the state of New Mexico. Um, I'm married to my wife, uh, who goes by the Pasta Wife on Twitch and in other places. Um, we've been married for ten years. Going on we'll be going on eleven in January, which is crazy um we have a dog and we have two adorable cats as well um and uh what else i i my streams usually i i just play music and hang out and there's a lot of dad jokes throughout the way um and just have a really good time and uh i'm just happy to be here and the theme is always uh tacos so i'm excited for some taco merch magic going on i'm very excited Yes, I'm excited to make some taco merchandise with you as well. So yeah. with that, we're going to end our audio podcast uh, for people who are um, just listening to us on, on that as well as uh, thank you to all the people. We had a ton of people commenting on our Facebook live stream. I know that a lot of the Twitch people Ooh, don't see sweet. that side of it. 
but uh, a lot of people uh, asking questions about football and, and talking to us on that side. So I really want to thank everyone for tuning in over there um, on uh, Facebook. And uh, we'll be back next week. Again, 9 o'clock start next week. We'll be talking hockey for the first 45. We'll then get into some football and then some basketball. This is our last art stream. So please uh, click over to Twitch if you want to join us um, for that. Let me make yeah. sure that and the right thing. There's like eight buttons in front of me. With, you know, two different All things. the buttons, no, yes. You don't, you don't want to <laughs> click the wrong stream off. So we'll stop that. But uh, we're DC Sports Without the Politics um, uh, and uh, Sports on the Hill podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.